1: Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the city of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's royal visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo.
2: Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo! Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo! You should have been in the forefront, they have faith in you. You should
1: You are now locked in to the 201st episode of the Blotso Podcast. That's right, Deary and Gauvier are reunited and it feels so good together again just like the first time they ever did it. Here, and Govy, are ready to talk fantasy baseball. Yes, your world may be collapsing around you. Your government may have failed you. Your kids may hate you. But the Palazzo Podcast is always here for you. You're what counts around here. And we love doing the show for you and with you. Make sure you give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Please pause the show right now. And if you have not rated the show five stars on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or both, do it. Do it right now. Come on, do it. What are you waiting for? Come on. Get to the chopper. On today's show, we're going to talk about the big story. The pitching clock is coming to Major League Baseball. We already knew the shift was coming, but now it's official. 15-second pitching clock and limited pickoff moves. We're going to break down the impact of that. Plus, we'll talk about head-to-head strategy. That's right. Head-to-head playoffs are in full bloom right now, and you need to hear the latest so you can win money. Deary and Govier are always going to be here for you. Don't fret. It's going to be a new theme episode. We'll never let you down. And even if we do, we can always try again to do better next week. Take it away,
3: Utah, give me two. Hey! What's
4: up, society? How you been? What's going on? Utah, give me two. Mike Goffier, Christopher Deary here. It's a Palazzo Podcast, two L's, two Z's on Twitter. It's been a while. We haven't done the show together, and I don't know how long. I can't really tell. Chris, do you remember anything? 2020. Man, why do I look so white? I mean, I know I'm white, but I'm not this white, (laughs) so...
3: How often do you get outside, Mike?
4: Ah, well, we played softball. I got outside plenty. So, yeah, yeah, Seems like the lighting's
3: better on this side.
4: Either way, we're live here. We haven't done the show in a minute together. It's great to be back together again. Friends to the end. Mason says hello. Hello, Mason. Good to see you, my friend. Welcome aboard. Christopher Deary Michael Mike We're going to talk about all kinds of stuff today. Baseball's still going on. I know everybody's checked out. Football is king <laughs> Nobody cares anymore, but... I
3: I care. I care, Mike.
4: I, care. I do! I, I do. do! That's right. Just like Billy Bob and Bud Kilber's 23rd District Championship. We do care about baseball. Uh, are you actually
3: watching baseball still or no? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I got my head-to-head playoffs. So I think we'll talk about that a little later. I have one fantasy football team, and I've never felt so much goodness in my heart that i only have one team to focus on football started last night i completely forgot that there was even a fucking game on because i was watching baseball
5: nobody's expecting much out of you
4: wow okay well that's strange even if you don't care like it's hard to ignore i mean come on i know know how this shit works but hey you're trying to send a message i appreciate that nfl is not king and you're not going to own people's lives message i'm fine with that look baseball it will always be a part of things but it's september this is the final stage and a lot of people have failed so they've checked out it's not that they don't care about baseball it's that it no longer means anything to them because their team sucks their team stunk and it's time to close the book on them so we have but you've got some head-to-head to talk about and so do i we'll get into that in today's show we'll talk about uh you know some lessons learned and mistakes that were made yes mistakes were made sometimes you have the best intentions right You really hope for the best, and it doesn't go your way, Deary. I mean, we've been playing this game a long time, but you still can't win every league you play in.
3: No, if I could win every league I play in, I wouldn't be working for a community center downtown. I would not be having a job. I would be doing this for a living, but unfortunately, I'm not that good at this. I've made a
4: huge mistake. Yeah, so we'll talk about some of the mistakes we've made. We'll also talk about some possible takes for 2023. That's right used to be an old bit, and we'd never do it anymore. And I just was thinking how I feel so disconnected from the show we used to do. It's late 2022 now. We've been doing the show for three years. And Insane Fantasy Takes was a huge segment on this show, more of a preseason thing. But we're doing it today. We're bringing back Insane Fantasy Takes because nobody asked for it but me. And I want to (laughs) try to give you guys a little bit of insight into what will happen in 2023. So me and Deary have some choice topics and players and – takes that we can line up for next season because you're all chomping at the bit already. You want to draft for 2023. You want to talk ADP. I really don't want to go there yet, but I think some of you are interested
3: in that. So it, it's fun to just come up with ideas of what you think might happen and project out some, statistics of on, on on guys especially some guys that you know maybe we didn't see that we're going to break out this year that did what are those guys going to do next year so later in the show we'll talk about a few guys that you know are younger that came up this year and i'm going to project what i might think happened with them next year and it's really fun to look back on these. victory lap here. certified
4: yeah okay i'm all down for that i'm just glad we're doing the show here again uh dearie how you feeling at this point what's going on
3: in life Who, who's doing what Who's doing what? Who's shaking who? Um, I'm feeling good, man. Uh, It was a really busy summer, which kind of took me out of doing this a lot. I did do a ton of golf in this summer. I actually golfed yesterday. I golfed the the Michigan golf course. Remember, I think you and I golfed the Michigan golf course years ago. Sure.
4: Yeah, when I I was a student there, I tried to get on that course as much as I could. Those were my golfing days. The heydays! Yeah, I I played it
3: yesterday. Did you drink a bush or a course? What was it? I had two LeBet lights after the round. I did not drink on the round. I, I golfed with a couple couple former coaches. workers oh. Yeah, it was a good time. It was hot as balls out, but uh, yeah, it was, it was good. Wow, that's a
4: surprise. I really thought only that lost, there would have been... Only
3: lost one ball.
4: Tours. No. So I've told this, this story always comes up when we talk golf, but we have an old friend of ours named Mike who would always go through all of the woods on every hole to try to... <laughs> find balls he didn't give a fuck about playing the game of golf he just wanted to try to find as many balls as he could on each hole it was pretty annoying
3: you would be in a cart with our friend michael and you'd go out to hit your shot you'd go back to the cart to get in to drive to his ball and he he wasn't in the cart you you didn't you couldn't see him you'd look backwards you'd look up the ferry you couldn't see him and then you would just see a guy rummaging through the fucking bushes and in the woods and he'd come out and like hey, i got six balls yeah, this is great <laughs> like, dude, we're like, there's people behind us waiting. Vivian's having a heart attack because he's like, man, we got to finish the round. People are on our asses. He didn't care. He didn't care about his score. I think he would find more balls than the 108 he would shoot on the course that day. Whatever,
4: motherfucker. That was basically Mike on the golf course. And didn't care about the golf. I'm up here for the balls, you fuckers. Uh, Gnostic boss baseball. Gnostic baseball. This is a new name. Welcome to the show, Gnostic Baseball. Speaking of lost balls, how is Kiebert Ruiz doing? Yeah, dear, you hear about this? Uh, the Kiebert I have, Ruiz I,
3: crisis? I, I saw you posted something about it. Give me a little background on uh, Kiebert's old It's real simple.
4: He took a, a ball to the balls. He took a shot to the balls as a catcher, and yeah. he had to leave the game yesterday so, with swollen testicles. It said in the Yahoo byline, swollen testicles. And then he had to go to the hospital later, but... I'm sure he's fine. As somebody on Twitter stated, or maybe it was Discord, I can't keep track of all these social medias, somebody gave him a lot of shit for that. They probably made fun of him because he was in all these headlines and news and notes about his balls being swole. <laughs> That's brutal.
2: Yeah.
4: Too many swollen balls, unfortunately. Uh, I hope you're okay, Kiebert. By the way, I've been going up against Kebert in my head-to-head matchup in my home league, so that was nice that he hasn't really uh, been doing much hasn't offered a strong dominant performance uh, i feel bad for his sack but that's life sometimes folks <laughs> that's
3: life so yeah, sad sack that's,
4: that's what happens there uh if you want to make comments in the live chat of course we're right here you can pop right in do your thing uh the numbers have dwindled The amount of you that show up right now, I want to give you guys, in fact, we should give you guys a round of applause because you deserve it. Thanks for being here. Thanks for sticking with us all season long. They said it couldn't be done, but here we are. We did it, and we're finishing up season three of this. uh, Utah. Give me two. No, three. Three seasons. Uh, Deary, are you coming back for season four?
3: Yeah, so this is going to be like Seinfeld. We're just going to keep getting better. Season four and five are going to be the best. One and two, you know, okay, but now now we really (laughs) start gearing up here. You know, it's funny. I was thinking I like about that. that. I was thinking about, like, if you were going to ask me if I was going to be back to do this next year, and yeah, of course I will be. Well, I know you it's will. Whether just not, said, it's just whether or not you have the time to do it. Of course
4: I will. This will always be thing, an man. important thing to me, but I'm no busier than you are. I mean, you have real jobs. I have jobs. <laughs> They're real jobs. I <laughs> have real jobs. You
3: jobs. You're getting real. paid money. Yes, you have real jobs.
4: People pay me things to do f- the fun stuff that we love doing. So, yes. The show will never die as long as you guys want to do it. You guys want to hear us. You want to talk and engage with us. Ask questions. Talk about your fantasy team. We're going to do this damn thing until the day we die. The Patreon has fallen on harsh times because the season's over. I guess people don't care anymore. That's fine. Uh, But the Discord is still rocking. It's still rocking strong. We're getting close to 200 members over there. So that's awesome. You guys have just been the heartbeat of that damn thing all season long. Everybody, from Jared and Thud and Ben, and so many of you guys, Chad and Jamie, I'm going to miss someone who's going to be like, hey, what about me? But you guys who know who you are, all the people that have been the foundational pillars that have held up the Discord when I can't do anything, and Deary's never there, so we I, haven't I, I done try,
3: <laughs> I turned my notifications off. It's fucking I know, fun. you said that a while ago. So
4: you know what you do t- is uh, write it off. Just write
3: it off. You'll be fine. I, I, I mean, I, I, I check in to see if there's, like, mentions of me or anything like that, but, like, uh, yeah, it's a lot. I think what I'll do is, like, when I when I go on breaks from work, you have failed, holiday breaks, stuff like that, then I'll just sit there and I'll be in the Discord talking, but I'll probably just be talking to myself by then. Everyone will be wanting to talk football or something.
4: Yeah, that's true. You're probably right. So, yeah, Deary says we're like Seinfeld. We're just going to keep getting better every single year. Uh, I like the sound of that. That's pretty cool, you know. We're going to keep growing, and we're going to keep doing our thing. You don't even know what a write-off is. <laughs> do you? No, I don't.
1: But they do. And they're the ones writing it
4: off. <laughs> they are. It's true. Yeah. So, nobody fucking knows what a write You know what a write-off is? I have no idea. I hear people say it, and I'd like to cash in on it, but I don't fucking know how to
3: do it. Yeah, I've been, like, told what it is several times. Yeah, you can just, like, write that off. Or, like, <laughs> like you know, you, uh... It's part of the business. You're going to like write it off. But I'm like, well, I still have to pay for it, right? Like, I just don't have to pay taxes on it later? I, like, do I have to keep receipts? What do I have to do? I feel like, I, like <laughs> I never go to Subway, but next time I go to Subway, I'll be like, yeah, I'm just going to write this off. Like, tell them and be like, well, you still have to pay. And I'm like, well, I'm going to write it off later, so I don't pay now. Is that how it works? I don't know, man. <laughs> I work with fucking That's so children. funny, yeah. <laughs> we got any
4: accountants in uh, the show? Any CPAs? Let us know. I know, actually, uh, the guy we were just ripping on, our pal, Mike. He uh, he knows about that stuff. So yeah, I mean,
3: business he expense, but,
4: business expenses, business expenses. Speaking of business, you know, it's funny. Uh, oh, we don't get. Yeah. Oh yeah, we don't get ding for this song on YouTube. I I played uh. <laughs> did you catch uh, the Cinema 9 where we did Last Action Hero?
3: No. Oh, I can't. You missed it, dude. Big here, here, gun! No, here's why. I've never seen the movie. Oh, my God. You know Big yeah, Gun, but you've I never know. seen Last Action I, I, Hero? Yeah, I know Four Big Bastard. Gun. I know ACDC's Big Gun, but I've never seen the movie, so that's why I didn't, I didn't check in. There's
2: nothing
4: good on TV. Holy shit. Okay, well, that's surprising. I did not know that had come to- up. <laughs> I know that. You turned to me and <laughs> YouTube plane, gets playing Big Gun and the
3: fucking Young Brothers came after you from Australia. I know
0: what you're
4: to say, but that's right. Yep, that's exactly what happened. Very good. You're impressive. Uh, I definitely failed on that one. So you have failed. I tried to play Big Gun to start the show to get us fired up for Last Action Hero on the Cinema Nine Podcast, which is a movie show that I do with Travis and Eric, two old friends from high school. In fact, we just speaking of high school, we just did. Can't hardly wait. On our last episode, which came out the year all three of us graduated from high school, the year before Deary graduated from high school. So I bet you probably saw Can't Hardly Wait back then, Deary, and you're like, oh, man, this is just like high school.
3: Yeah, I was talking to Travis about it the other day because I watched it a ton. Like, I think it came out that summer before my senior year, that summer before you went to college, I believe. And I, I love that movie for like first four or five years. I hadn't watched in a while, and Pristina and I watched it over Christmas last year. I actually turned it off.
2: Wow yeah, really yeah, holy I, shit I, man yeah, wow.
3: I wasn't I wasn't into it like, I was I was a little uncomfortable with it but like I'm just like this just isn't entertaining to me anymore I don't, I don't know why but yes uh is that how high school parties work is it, you, my high school parties I went to we just sat out back smoked cigarettes and listened to radio six a day well
4: I mean it's an exact, <laughs> it's not like every party was like that there was a lot of truth to can't hardly wait with like when the nerd guy, They both get drunk. Him and the super jock Mike and the nerd who nobody likes. They're both drunk and suddenly they, yeah. Yeah, Mike Dexter and the nerd, William, they connect. Because they're drunk together at a party and they both feel that first time Mike Dexter feels isolated and kind of, you know, ignored by the rest of his people because he broke up with the man, duh, who's a super attractive woman. By the way, uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt, I... I am not saying that she's not attractive because that would just be an absurd notion, right? I'm not trying to say that at all. I'm just saying, uh, you know, this wow, dude. Hall of Fame that level that she's attained, Jennifer Love Hewitt. She's a beautiful woman, but I she looks kind of bland to me as a person. She kind of feels she's not a, a actress who emotes a lot of like, uh, you know, anything that I really latch onto. Where it's like, wow, that's a hell of a performance by Jennifer Love Hewitt. I am one
5: over.
3: Well, wasn't the performance just between her belly button and her chin? Is That that was the thing back then, right? Like, how much cleavage is Jennifer Love Hewitt showing, right?
4: Yeah, but, okay, so this the other thing, too, is, like, she clearly has, a, you know, a stout rack. She's a well-endowed <laughs> woman. But, like, it's, but it also wasn't, like, monstrous either. People used to say, what was the name? Jennifer Love Huge Tits, which is just, like, a stupid name, obviously. Yeah, dumb but, I mean, yeah, but that's not fair either because, like, they're, I don't know. I just didn't think they were. <laughs> this is real minutiae that people probably don't care about. Maybe you do. Maybe this is the topic you've been waiting to hear about. But let's just be honest about it. I mean, they called her Jennifer Love huge tits, but I just didn't think she was like that well-endowed. I mean, she was not. She wasn't ugly. and She wasn't. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe I'm she jealous. Just maybe I wish wasn't I could. She your style. I mean, she, she was my style. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's a gorgeous woman. She's obviously yeah. a gorgeous woman. She is. She's a gorgeous lady. There's no denying that. It's just, I don't know, like you look around at other women of the era of the late 90s and she kind of pales in comparison when it comes to like, I'm being very literal here and I'm categorizing things. We're saying large breasts, so when you compare her to like a Pam Anderson or something, I just don't think it really compares.
3: So. I, I think for you, she just didn't have the pizzazz as an actress to get you involved, to get you want to really uh smoke cigarettes.
4: Just we'll Bob says that. smoked cigarettes. Okay, we'll call it that. That's what Deary said he did at high school parties. So. I didn't smoke. I did weed.
3: weed in high school. I didn't smoke weed
4: in high school. Yeah, what? I didn't smoke weed in high school. No, this wasn't a thing. That's shocking. Yeah. that is shocking <laughs> information. Holy cow! Wow. Yeah, I didn't smoke okay. weed until I was like twenty. Oh, okay. Well, you were a dedicated athlete, but I thought even athletes, especially the baseball guys, they smoke weed. Uh-oh, well, well, yeah, just pop. I mean, see, this is getting uncool. She had sad bitch face. Ooh, true. dude, that's, that's harsh. Bob,
3: that's, that, that could be true. That could be true the most true part about that movie is what is jerry o'connell's character where he comes trip yeah trip McNeely, dude that, that, it's so that's, dumb that's the most true part of the movie because there was always those fucking guys my parents went away a lot and i threw a lot of parties my senior year and there would be that guy who was like 20 21 showing up at parties hanging out with 17 and 18 year olds I'm like, who's this fucking guy <laughs> don't be that guy Yeah, don't be that guy. Trip McNeely
4: is kind of a highlight of the movie. I agree. Because Jerry O'Connell, maybe Jerry O'Connell's finest hour. He plays that
3: character to a T.
4: He's so bummed out. When he says, when he walks away saying, I got warts all over my feet because I didn't bring flip-flops to the college bathroom, that is frighteningly accurate. It's very, very true. So kudos to Jerry O'Connell on that. He kind of won me over there. I don't think he's a great actor, but I believed he was Trip McNeely. I really do. Anyways, we're supposed to be in the business time segment. Somehow, we're talking about Jennifer Love Hewitt and Jennifer O'Connell. I'm List sorry about that. This tends to happen. Uh,
3: if you and I together.
4: Just Bob says that's what made her hot—that she had a bitch face. How is that? That is not hot. Just Bob, come on, dude. You got some. Unless you got your own kinks, and you know, that's fine. No kink shames here. If you got to do your thing, you want someone to scream at you. If you wanted to be BDSM to death, maybe Jennifer Love Hewitt's your fantasy.
3: Maybe he's more of a Geller fan. Who's, who's more of a Sarah Michelle Geller fan? Sarah Michelle Geller was a.
4: You know that crooked little nose of hers?
3: Well, ah, yeah, you brought it up, that nose.
4: I thought she. I mean, in Cruel Intentions, Sarah Michelle Keller. This is the same year, actually. I actually. Cruel Intentions and Can't Hardly Wait both came out in 98, so that's a fair. Sarah Michelle Keller killed that role. She was so nice and friendly on her other images in her other roles up until that point. When she did that role, which is a, basically, it's a retelling of Dangerous Liaisons, which is a French novel, I think, from the 1800s, you know? It's about, actually, originally about that period of time, like 1800s or 1700s French society, high society. And Sarah Michelle Gellar was seductive as fuck in that role. I was very impressed, and I definitely, as a 17-year-old, probably had a boner, I'm not going to lie. Is so. <laughs> yeah, was was it wrong huge... to be attracted I feel like we're doing something wrong here. Like, we're not supposed to be able to be attracted to somebody now or something. I, I don't think it's wrong, but what do I know anymore? I don't know.
3: We're canceled so. again. Oh
4: yeah. Because we're talking about
3: boners? Now we're gonna make love. You know how? I'm going to have one right now.
4: See? That's what I'm saying, guys. Let's just be honest about it. Treat everybody with respect. Try not to be rude. Make your own opinions. If you want to disagree on something, like, hey, I don't find that person to be an enjoyable hang, that's totally fair. If you've experienced that person in real life and they're not a cool hang, then don't hang with them. But, you know, what? maybe it was unfair of me to judge Jennifer Love Hewitt now. I kind of feel like that's the only regret I'll have from this segment. But otherwise, I'm okay with it. Anyways... Hey, let's advertise some stuff and talk about it. (laughs) Now that I've done this, I'm sure a lot of corporations would love to be connected with our advertisements. You could advertise on the show if you want. Hit us up anytime. We don't have any ads, but if we did, we would do them. Wouldn't we? (laughs) We'll
3: see if we're able to do another show after talking tits.
4: Oh, yeah. I don't know. That that might not be cool. Call
3: 911! Mike, is this show number 200?
4: Oh, it's 201. So we ended no. up doing 200 as the the prospects one because I was sick last Friday. So it's no. 201 now. Yeah, Okay. 201. But really, it's like more than 201 because we did all those episodes during the pandemic when it first started. Remember, we went through like every greatest World Series team in the last 40 years. We did a whole <laughs> oh, yeah. bracket. Yeah. I don't think those last. counted as numbers.
3: Okay, yeah, that lasted like two episodes.
4: It was fun. We, I think we did it more than that. That's the problem. There's a bunch of them that just exist that no one's listened to in a long time i feel like so. yeah guile dayman Day was...
0: uh-huh. yes the fighter of the night man.
4: he's the nightman i'm more of a nightman i do love dayman's voice but i'm a nightman in the end and so is guile and it was awesome having steve on to talk about greatest world series teams in the last 40 years we did a bracket and we broke it all down nobody cares we got to move forward we're just blabbering on about all kinds of shit here uh, so we got the discord going to keep that rolling. The Discord added football channels, dearie. I, to your dismay, I'm sure. Uh, I went ahead and added six football channels because people were playing it already. And the people that we like on the show and who are a part of the Discord, they wanted it. So we gave it to them. Something to chew on. Are people talking and
3: college? I'll talk college all day, man.
4: Oh, yeah. There'll be some college talk, too. Sure. But it's definitely NFL focused. But there's NFL uh, and then there's CFB. DFS. We're talking college football. I'm getting big into college football DFS here. It's a big deal and people love it. So it's fun. It's gotta be. It's gotta be difficult though. Well, you, there's a lot of slates because you got the noon games, the 3:30 games, and the seven games. So You don't want to. You're breaking that up for sure into the slates because if you did the whole day, it's just such a huge swath of 130 plus teams and all the players involved. That's too much. You're right. So it's too much, but we got our football channels in there, so if you want to talk about your draft you got coming up, or your team, opening weekend, roster decisions, ads drops, you can do all that on the Discord, the Palazzo Podcast Discord, 2Ls, 2Zs. It's going to be awesome. And I also decided that I announced this on my latest Patreon post last night, that we'll do uh, I'll be doing football, Palazzo football. I guess we're branching out. This is something uh, I thought I'd give a shot. People were clamoring for it, like, hey, will you do... Some football stuff on the Patreon. I'm like, okay, why not? So let's give it a shot. That's why it's Palazzo Podcast. That name's not changing, so it'll probably make no sense to a lot of people who play fantasy football, but we'll give that a try, too. So, got some new ideas. willing to try a few things. If they don't work, they won't work, and we'll just forget about it, but uh, you know, we got to give the people what they want, dearie. And if they ask for it, it shall be done! My kingdom come!
3: I've been, and I've, been uh, about, I've been thinking about getting back into fantasy Wednesday. basketball. Ooh,
4: yeah. why?
3: Yeah, okay. I, th- I don't know. I think I'm gonna play play this year. You should play. Fantasy basketball is a fun time, isn't it? Fantasy basketball actually used to be my favorite fantasy sport for a good like five six years, and uh, yeah, yeah. And then our, our league just kind of fell apart.
4: I remember those days.
3: Oh, 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 where'd you come from? Fantasy
4: basketball. Where the hell'd you come from? In the end, uh, we got a lot to offer you. And baseball closes. We say goodbye, but football continues forth. Uh, baseball will not go away either. There's dynasty stuff for the off season. First year player draft. We'll be talking about it next week on the, uh, Palazzo podcast prospects power half hour with Benjamin and Phil. So we'll talk about some tiers for first year player drafts coming up for dynasty leagues. And there's guys coming over from Asia who could be making an impact. It's very exciting. Uh, yeah, I guess that's it. If you've been a follower, we love you. Just thanks for the dedication this year. That's pretty much it. Um, I'll try to keep up on the baseball post on Patreon. It's been a little bit more stagnant, only because I've been so busy. I'm sorry! Working over at FTN now, which I love doing, FTN, and the college, uh, the, the game day, not college game day. The game day. People confuse it. It's not college game day. It's the game day. And I do those videos, the one that you saw, Deary, where you're like, hey, dude, you were right around the corner. Why didn't you stop by? <laughs> yeah.
3: I, I found it really funny that you're right over there on in South Industrial off Stadium, and yeah, there's that little like apartment complex that used to be a house that you and I lived in.
4: Yeah, well, we were actually. Were you uh, tailgating for the first game, or you just at home?
3: No, I didn't. I was I was home.
4: Oh, okay, good, because we were right by Berkeley since we were near. We were at the stadium interviewing a bunch of students and everybody who was coming through the gates on the north end and. Uh, yeah, we parked over there by Old Henry Street, which is a place me and Deary used to live in together. A place where we, uh, you know, formed our friendship that you now see today. So that building is gone. It was torn down, and it was replaced by some apartments that look very nice. I'm sure they made a mint on that. So uh, <laughs> good for them. We're all very happy for the people that made money. Oh, no, 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 we should be. Uh, okay. Eh, I think that's it for the business. All the business has been covered. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube We've gone stagnant on YouTube subs. If you guys get some new, fresh people... I mean, on the FTN YouTube, it's been exploding. Ever since I joined FTN six weeks ago, I just keep seeing their subs go up and up and up every week. They're climbing like hundreds and hundreds at a time. Now, they have a much bigger advertising uh, budget. We don't have one at all. So that's why they're also able to do that. But if you can spread the word on the show and get our subs up, I mean, I feel like we have a great show here. We have fun, but we are also provide you guys quality insights. uh, We're not going to beg, but hey, consider subscribing to the YouTube, share with your friends, and also give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Five-star review! You can do this. Click it on Spotify. Just click the five-star button. That's all you got to do there. But we got a new review from Chad about a month ago, so someone else, it's your turn to review us on Apple Podcasts. Five stars, please, and thank you. We'd really appreciate it. So, And if somebody comes up out of nowhere and gives us a review, that'll be even better. Oh,
3: oh, oh where'd you come from? Yeah, it'll be a surprise. I'd love for that to happen. The next review, I'll send you a 1986 Rod Carew baseball card.
4: Oh, there. wow. Damn. Okay. 86. Hell yeah. Damn. damn. That'd be sweet. I'd love to see that, man. Okay. All right. So there it is, dear. That's some of the business. I, I probably, there's people I should be thanking too. And I feel like I haven't thanked enough people on the show. I feel disconnected from right now where we're going. Like, it's like uncharted territory now. We're going to go into year four and fantasy baseball just keeps evolving and fantasy football and the opportunities are changing and the relationships I've formed online through Twitter and through the Discord and all of these experiences I've had. I really used to have like a handle. Like I knew where this person was, what that person was up to. What I've learned is people really come and go in this fantasy game. Like they just drop out of it. One day they're just gone and they never come
3: back. And you're like, hey, what happened to that person? Like they're just not here anymore. Well, Mike, I don't think you can ever say that you're not a grateful person because, I mean, you know, once once a week, maybe once every other week, you talk about how grateful you are for the opportunities and the connections that you've made over the past couple of years. So I don't think we have to sit here and, and talk about it on the pod. I, I know that you're very grateful for all the opportunities that have come our way, all the awesome people that we've met. But I agree, like, yeah, sometimes people are into it. You become really close talking you know, baseball with somebody. They're checking in on your pod. You're maybe listening to their stuff, and then all of a sudden they're gone.
4: Strange. It's just a new experience I've had. And it's, it's nothing to do with gratitude. It's just you wonder where the people go because I actually liked a lot of these people you connect with. And then they're, they're gone. They don't want to do fantasy baseball anymore. They realize that it's a a fruitless pursuit, at least financially. that's usually the big bugaboo for most people is like, I, I'm i not making any money doing this. And I have a family now. I can't do this anymore. That's really like 80% of why people drop out. I truly believe that. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, so that's okay. Uh, Bob says... Oh, wait. Uh, Mesa says, here for life, brother. Hogan voice. Oh, brother. yeah. Brother. <laughs> brother. Bob says, it's, just fa- it's fantasy, just Bob. That's right. It is fantasy. Very good. Chad says, breaking news. Chad on Twitch. Breaking news. Jeff Passon, Major League Baseball, will voluntarily recognize minor league baseball's player efforts to unionize with the MLBPA. Commissioner Rob Manfred. Wow. Well, we shouldn't applaud too much. Because they're doing that because they know it's cheaper and better for them financially <laughs> to probably just recognize the union now and not fight it. Yeah. That's yeah. huge news. This is a shocking development right now.
3: Well, there was a big vote today and a bunch of stuff, right? The shift? Well, yeah, we're going to talk about
4: the shift in a moment and the pitch clock. But this unionization of minor league baseball from the MLBPA, this is great news. This is... It's exciting. I wonder what Ben Chase would have to say about this. Ben is so locked in on this stuff. And he's the guy who introduced me to adoptaminerleaguer.com. And we had that guy on the show about six weeks ago. He came on the Prospects Power Half Hour, which you can see every Wednesday or hear live. Hear it and see it at 5 p.m. on YouTube on the Bulldogs podcast. YouTube channel, 2Ls, 2Zs, Utah. But the guy came on and he talked about how you can support a minor leaguer who doesn't have shit. Like... Deary, there's people who see baseball players and they think, oh, they've all got a bunch of money, but there's tons of minor leaguers who don't have dick for cash and they're starving and they need a $100 gift card to Chick-fil-A. to could change their life.
3: Yeah, it's it's really insane. It's, it's much different than football or basketball. I mean, obviously, there's a, a lot of rounds in baseball, not as much as there used to be. There used to be like 50 rounds, but, I mean, if, <laughs> if you make that commitment once you're drafted to go and play and go play rookie ball – I mean, some of these guys are making, you know, what we made hourly back in 1995. Like, it's it's insane, and you cannot live off. I mean, some of these guys are making, like, $11,000, $12,000 a year. Like, you got to have other jobs, and, you know, you're, you get to a point where you have to decide, am I going to continue to chase my dream, or uh, am I going to need to go find a real job?
4: Yep. Yeah, that's true. And you know what? If you can make a difference, adoptabeneader.com, check out the website. You don't have to give much at all and you can get connected directly with the person that you're giving to. You have a text thread, you have their phone number. It's really cool. It's a it's a personal relationship and you help them out. Oh, I I like money. So, something to think about. All right. Finally, half hour of the show, let's get into what is known as leading off. <laughs> All right, well, it's real simple, Deary. I'm leading off. Good. Our first catch of the day. The catch of the day, I had some players to talk about, which we'll discuss, but it's clearly the pitch clock. We already knew the shift was coming. That was not news. This is not some story that's breaking. Like, holy shit, the shift is coming. Wow, dude. Wow, dude. No, we already knew that. And we've been prepping for that. You should be planning for it in your dynasty leagues and your keeper leagues. But the pitch clock is official, Deary. Now, a 15-second pitch clock? Is that correct?
3: Uh, it's news to me. I didn't know what they ended up voting on. I don't know what they ended up coming away with. But you're talking 15 minutes from when the ball gets back to you. That clock starts. 15 seconds.
4: Wow, dude. Is that the case? Because I think it is. And if it's not, either way, there's also limited pickoff moves too. So players, the the word is out. No. Well, no. I fucking hate
3: that. <laughs> oh, I think that's I think that's nuts. Oh. Why? Well, just because that's all the you've ever known, but you know, maybe you'll get. Okay, so, it. so you throw over twice, and then what? The third time you can't throw over at all. You can't. You can't hold that guy on. <laughs> you can't. You, can you step? Can you step off when he just starts walking down to second base? I mean, obviously, I, I imagine you can. But oh. I, I heard a, a, a short kind of uh, segment on it this morning on like the local radio show, and I, I just heard like the end of it, and people are getting really pissed. Yeah, well, they should be. I mean, it's not cool, right? I also don't like a pitch clock, but I mean, I'm very old school when it comes to like baseball games. I don't care how long they last. I want the integrity of the game to be upheld, and uh, you know, all these changes, I'm not necessarily for. I sure it may make the games go quicker and maybe a better product, and might be more entertaining in terms of having the shift and creating better offense. But I mean, I'm just old school like this. I I don't like any of this. <laughs>
4: Oh, man. This is Rob Manfred. Screw it. Let's let him do it. No, it's a win-win for me. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, why not? Let's see what happens here. Wee-hee-hee. But MLBPA has also agreed to this, so it's not just Rob Manfred. It's a combination mm-hmm. of an agreement here. And when this pitch clock goes down, it's just going to change a lot for certain pitchers. They're going to be freaked out about it. They're going to be confused by it. It's going to be a huge adjustment for certain pitchers. It'll be an advantage for the other ones. We're going to have to dive into... The speed of pitching. There's going to be a whole new set of data here. A whole new part of fantasy will be unleashed related to which pitchers have pitched at what speeds in terms of their rhythm and how often. And do they like to stretch? Do they like to throw out of the windup? These things will become even more appropriately needed.
3: This information. I mean, also, I don't think other people think about it the other way is this may affect hitters too i mean some hitters are really you know grinding gears in their head about you know trying to figure out what's going to happen and analyze for that next pitch and some some of those guys might like that 20 to 25 seconds to think about you know okay he just threw me a fastball on the outside corner it's a one one count is he going slider away now and start analyzing some things other guys might be like yeah i just want to get back in there and hit but i mean you and I play softball together, I, I, I like a couple seconds before that next pitch comes up there. I get really pissed when the catcher throws it back and the pitcher tries quick pitching me. I'm like, I don't even have time to think and look at look at where the, you know, infielders are, where the outfielders are. Uh, so I think this could affect some hitters as well. And, you know, it, it'll be interesting. There'll be a lot of, uh, you know, analysis in the offseason looking at pitchers who, who tend to work very quickly anyways, or maybe some other guys that labor a bit and like to step off the mound, you know, shaking off signs, stuff like that. So it'll be really interesting moving forward. Uh, 15 seconds. Uh, it's pretty quick, though, in my mind. Hey, you got to pay the troll toe,
4: and that's what they're doing now. They're trolling us. I feel like we're being trolled in a way. It's kind of weird. You know? Troll
3: toll. I do. Oh, I really I was- do. I was uh, texting with some of my uh, high school friends today, and, you know, I don't like the shift. My buddy Derek loves the shift. He's like, oh, you know, everyone's throwing 100 miles per hour now. They need to, you know, fix the offense. And I'm like, I have the best idea that they should change. They're talking about how the season is too fucking long, games are too long, this and that. Travel's insane. Here's what they should do. Do five-inning triple headers. You could play one, one series in one day. Ooh. Shocking. How's that possible? You just just play five-inning triple headers. You play one team three times in one day, and then you're done. That series is done, and then you get of the plane, and you go somewhere else. Now Deary's trolling us. Confound your lousy toll troll. Come
4: on, dude. Come on. Can't do that. I can't have that.
3: Of course that. that. Stupid
4: as fuck. But, yeah, so the bottom line here is 15 seconds when nobody's on base, 20 seconds when runners are on. So you could have five extra seconds. And limited pitch pickoff attempts that I just so don't will, get. will the stolen bases rise a great deal though that's my question to you because it's important right
3: it it has to it has to well, it, it has to rise if you're done with it being able to throw over like I mean what am I missing here if I'm on first base I'm just gonna step off and start running get
4: I agree I completely agree. We'll see how this turns out. It could be a, I wonder if there'll be a pushback and there'll be a rule that changes that
3: rule. It's going to force the pitcher to just throw it home and do some type of pitch out so they can try to throw him off, pick him off at second. I feel like I'm missing, like we're missing something here because it seems like a really ridiculous rule.
4: (laughs) Yeah, I'm with you, man. I hear you. Why? Why? That's the question. (laughs) Anyways, that's the bottom line, folks. And with this breaking news about the minor league baseball becoming unionized very exciting for me personally i hope that this leads to positive changes and minimum standards set for all minor leaguers across all the leagues then again mlb got what they wanted because they contracted a lot of the minor leagues already a couple years ago when covid came about and maybe they had an idea like okay well we'll we're fine with unionizing this much but we want to make sure we contract as much as we can so, in a way, MLB screwed us, and they got what they want. I'm sure they did. MLB always gets what they want in the end. They really do, and, you know, good for them. They got better negotiators. Hey, negotiation is about showing what you want versus what you actually want. There's a key difference between show and tell, right? I mean, uh, I just feel like Tony Clark and the MLBPA, they have too many members that uh, create too much dissension and division in the end.
3: Yeah, I mean, do they think they're getting more people to watch the games by changing these rules? The people that don't watch the games, it's not because of these rules; it's because they're not interested in baseball. <laughs> so yeah, like, I'm, I'm, I'm you, done. With, I'm done with baseball. These games take too long. You don't have to watch the whole fucking game when you're at home.
4: <laughs> I hear you, dude. I hear you. You're a wise man, dearie.
3: And I'm glad we're doing the the show here called the
4: Palazzo Podcast. Two l two The illusion. Has become real, and the more real it becomes, the more desperate they want it. Damn right, Gordon Gecko. Gordon Gecko knows negotiating better than anybody. So I listen to Gecko. Uh, don't forget two Ls, two Zs on Twitter. Follow the Discord. Give me too. Discord's free. I'm right, PR friend. Connect with us. Let's get back to this segment that we were calling a catch of the day. Good. Our first catch of the day. So we've got to cover the news on that, and there's so much more to talk about with all that news. So we're really just scratching the surface. Let's be honest about that. But there's going to be a lot of data that comes out from people that are much more stat driven and data driven and analytically focused than we are. And you will get some great stuff. There's already some good nuggets brewing out there, I'm sure. Uh, Chad says in the live chat tweet of the day I saw was the shift ban. <laughs> Cody Bellinger's average will rise from 190 to 215. <laughs> Go Tigers. That's funny. <laughs> The money is bad enough, then Ben Chase felt, oh, this is from earlier, talking about how Ben Chase is the master of minor league baseball in terms of understanding the challenges and the strife that a lot of minor leaguers face. Uh, the money is bad enough that Ben Chase felt compelled to prove that Cody Clemens makes more than what a Shohei Ohtani autograph baseball is worth. I saw that in the Discord. It was <laughs> Cody Clemens got Shohei to sign an autograph of baseball. That's probably worth more than his salary. <laughs> Uh, Chad says, also, can we pour one out for Kebert Ruiz's poor testicles as he was placed on the I. L. Oh my goodness. You poor bastard. Genius, genius, genius. It's the right move. You can't have swollen testicles and play in a major league game, right, Dearie?
3: Oh, God, no, man. You ever get hit in the testicles? Like, I mean, if yes. you're going on if you're going on the I. L, it's gotta be really serious. I mean, as as men, athletes, our whole lives, we've been hitting the ball as many times. God damn, it hurts.
4: Oh, it's awful. It's brutal. You wince. Everyone's wincing now just thinking about it. Like, oh, God. You know, it kind of feels like the first time you get punched in the face, except like 50 times that maybe. I don't know. I, it's I'd like rather this.
5: get punched in the face.
4: This is every man being hit in the testes. There you go. I thought that was accurate. So uh, our catch of the day today, besides the news talking about these changes for 2023, is Elvis Andrews. Elvis Andrews is now the leadoff hitter for the Pale Hose, the White Sox. And he's a damn fine one at that. When he bitched about the fact that Oakland was dissing him by benching his ass because they didn't want to pay one of the incentives that kicked in if he hit a certain plate appearance amount. I think it was over 500 plate appearances this year or 1,100 combined over the last two seasons. So the Athletics started benching Elvis Andrews. And Elvis Andrews said, it hurts so much because I'm an everyday player. And at the time he said that about a month ago or so, I was like, eh, really? Are you? Well... I was wrong. Clearly, I was trolling, and I didn't know any better. But Oakland is trying to say we had too many dicks, but really all it was, they didn't want to pay him. And yes, he is an everyday player because he's been smoking the ball, hitting bombs. We're talking four home runs over the last (laughs) 10 days. Elvis Andrews is a legit leadoff hitter on a team that desperately needed somebody to set the table.
3: Yeah, it's a, it's amazing. Uh, Elvis Andrews, for the, probably the last four or five years, he tends to have these just wacky seasons where he'll go on a run for two to three weeks, hit three, four home runs, steal a few bags. He's still got a little bit of speed. And, you know, it's it, it's something that they needed desperately over there. And he's now, now leading off for them. And, you know, if you're in any type of head-to-head league and he is available, scoop him up because he may take you to a championship.
4: It's so funny what two weeks can do. In two weeks, he goes from nothing to a leadoff hitter on a team fighting for a playoff spot, man. Two weeks can change a lifetime.
2: Two weeks. Two weeks. It's
4: pretty crazy. So Elvis Andrews, I'm totally buying it. Everything he's doing, look at the peripherals. It looks totally legit. Just dig into it yourself. And Chad says right here, championship winning Elvis Andrews. Yes, he seriously <laughs> is right now. He's a, he's a possible championship winning player for head-to-heads, for Roto. Anybody who's picked him up. He's not just some average player hitting leadoff he's hitting it like a, a 170 wrc plus over the last 10 days he's a very very good player right now and that's all if, that matters if,
3: if you're going to win any type of head-to-head championship in fantasy baseball you need a little bit of luck and sometimes that'll happen from a guy who's been in the league 13 14 years that you know has had a pretty decent bat over his career and can just go on a run for a week or two it, it happens
4: Yeah, some people wanted Elvis Andrews to change, and initially he was like,
1: And you want me to change? Fuck you!
4: But then he changed, and that's great. So if you got him and you picked him up, great. If you haven't picked him up and he's still on your wire, I don't know what you're waiting for. You better get your ass to Mars and get him on your squad! Very exciting times for Elvis Andrews. Another catch of the day for me as someone I like to point out these things as part of the show. Good. Our first catch of the day. Lewis Brinson sighting geary. Now this was shocking. This is brief. This is less impactful. But Lewis Brinson came alive this week for the Giants. He hit a couple home runs. And is there any reason to think that Lewis Brinson is gonna be a big part of the Giants plans in 2023? Lewis
3: Brinson? Oh, my I God. Know. I don't know, man. I feel like we keep hearing about this guy for, like, the last two, three years. Like, oh, he's going to break out. It's Louis in time. And then it just doesn't happen.
4: He's fucking 28 now. He's 28 years <laughs> old Wait, now.
3: what? I thought he was, like, 24. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I man. know. I know. Yeah, That's how much time's gone by. He's 28. Oh, man. I mean, was yeah. he, he's, like, 6'5", like, 2'30". Like, he, he first came up with my uh, Milwaukee first and then, then went to Miami. I'm like, man, this guy really... Really, he's a talent, but he, he could never hit for average, and he struck out a ton.
1: We're talking about practice.
4: Yeah, maybe all of this was practice prior to it. All the failures, all the strikeouts. He's six five. He's a little lighter than 230. He's a little more slender, but yeah, he's a big dude, and the power was always supposed to be a big part of his game. The most he's ever been able to unload in a season is 11 bombs. 11 dongs in 2018 from Miami, and that was in over 400 plate appearances. So not great uh, yeah his career k percentage is 28 yeah his career k percentage is 28 percent, which is obviously not good but it's i don't know it's not like uh i gotta demote this guy level it's not over 30 it's,
3: it's not, not Keston Hero it's, level it's closer to uh league average than you would think what's right. league average it's like so, 24 25 percent
4: that's a good question i would think it's definitely in the lower to mid-20s though yeah right around that point uh if anybody knows the answer to that Drop it in the live stream here. We're live. Deary and Govier, MJ Govier on Twitter. See Deary1999 on Twitter. Plaza podcast, two L's, two Z's. Utah. Follow us. If you just joined Maybe in right two. now, you're seeing us for the first time. Subscribe to the YouTube. Pop in. Say hello. Tell us who you are. So Brinson, yeah, you know, he had the two-homer game against the Dodgers. That was fun. And then he hit another one the next night. And uh, he hasn't done anything in the last two days.
3: But so it's over. <laughs>
4: Yeah, it could be over. I mean, seriously, that could just be it. like, oh, my God, that was cool for a couple days. I'm uh, I'm suspect of it, but if you want to take a flyer on Brinson, you think, hey, maybe he'll bring a little bit of power. There's no speed. He hasn't even attempted a base to be stolen so far with the Giants. So let's see how it plays out. Not a big fan, not excited. I think it's more of a fluke, one of those one-off moments. He might try to make himself a little spot at the table for 2023, but uh, I wouldn't lock that in. I certainly wouldn't be... Because they got, they got too many guys, man. You talk about too many dicks, you know. There's just a bunch of guys here that they're trying to get playing time to. So it's also an inconsistency here because he's not in the starting lineup. He's getting to play when he can. Luis Gonzalez is in there. Jock Peterson, of course. And Mikey Stremsky in terms of the outfielders. And then the DH rotates between a couple guys. With Wilmer Flores getting most of the run there, so... I don't know. I I want to mention it. I just thought it was something that was worth mentioning, but that's it. Lewis Brinson, over and done with. No one cares. As Chad says, Brinson is on the all what-if team, along with Daniel Robertson. Oh, from Tampa. I remember him. When he was still in the Tampa system, but Tim Beckham. Oh, remember Tim Beckham, dearie? Yeah. Shortstop. He was a number one overall pick. I'd be like, the number one overall pick.
3: Yeah, he was. We saw him when did we see him last? I feel like there was a flash of him like a couple years ago where we actually had like a couple pieces. Oh, he's No, he's been on
4: rosters this year, dearie. He's still yeah. around. He showed up again. He came back from the he's he's always on the brink and then he's coming back from the dead because people see that number 1 overall pick and they think about oh the talent, the talent, the talent. So people like the Twins. He played in 30 uh 12 games this year for the Twins. The
3: old Mickey Moniak. 30
4: yeah, 25 plate appearances, a 36% K rate. So, Although Ooh. there was the one year in 2017, Deary. 2017 in Baltimore, that was
3: a great year for him. He hit
4: 22 home runs, and it, it was hitting
3: 278 okay. that year. Okay, that's what I was thinking of was that year. That was 2018.
4: That was 2017, I believe. He played for two teams that season. Uh, some reason it doesn't break. Why doesn't it break up? The two teams. It should always give you... When you look at a stat, like on Fangraphs, it says two teams. It usually gives you the two teams, but it just jumps to 2018. I, that's a mistake. Anyways, for the whole season of 2017, he hit 278, and that's in 137 games, 575 plate appearances. So there was a spark there that looked like, oh, Tim Mecca might be figuring it out, but uh, it wasn't meant what? to be. How old is he now?
3: Yeah, 32-ish. <laughs> what? Where's time going? Yeah. I wasn't just drafted like six years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Deary's know, like, where are we? What's happening?
4: Yeah, is everyone trolling me? Confound your lousy toll, troll. I'm,
3: I'm still 37, All right? I'm right? Seven.
4: No. Did you know that we sold out and we now have advertisements? Yeah, we've gone mainstream. We're getting $6. That's right. We've made six bucks so far. Can you believe it? What a dream come true, $6. Anyways, I wanted to give you some preparation, some time to be... Cognizant that a commercial is coming your way. I'm not just gonna throw a commercial mid-sentence on you. I wouldn't do that. I respect you, and I know that's annoying. So here's a countdown for the upcoming advertisement from Starbucks or Spectrum, Comcast, Apple, who the hell
0: knows? Three, a two, one. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app.
4: Yeah, you're still 37? That's awesome. I don't think that's true, but I'll roll with it. All right, uh, I want to talk about the Palazzo Podcast Invitational. There's nothing of note to report from me and Deary because I'm sure we're trash, right? Yeah, it's over. I
3: I think I'm in 12th place now, so I've (laughs) jumped jumped up a little bit. I've been between 10 and 14 all season long. It's just just not a good year in the Palazzo Invitational for myself.
4: I love rumors. Yeah, I'd heard that rumor. That's fascinating. And the Plaza Podcast Invitational, we'll pull it up here so you can see it live here on our stream. Uh, We've both not really had a chance, but just because we don't have a chance doesn't mean we're not supposed to talk about our very own league. So we got to give respect to those who have done it, the ones that came before us, and the ones that are currently kicking ass. So kudos to them. As you see here in the standings, and I pulled it up live. Let me uh, tighten this up a little bit. There we go. Uh, In my league, Brock... Miller is kicking ass in my league. Remember, there's five leagues in this Palazzo Podcast Invitational. For the overall standings, first place is Angelo Strafacci. Wow. Wait a minute. No, these idiots. See, you ask for overall standings and they screw it up. It's so annoying. Boo. Boo. Palazzo Podcast Invitational overall standings. Thank you. Andrew Poplin is still in first. He's got 574 points. Zach Nelson, though, right behind him, 569.5. That's kind of fun. Zach Nelson, way to go. I know Zach. Zach's been uh, in the Plaza Podcast Invitational both years, dearie. He knows what he's doing. That's pretty cool. And then Brock Miller, as I mentioned. Brockness Monster. Zach Waxman, shout out to him, god, Zach the man. Zach is a badass. Everybody loves Zach. Yeah, he's Zach's the funniest in, uh, man. In, Zach's in my league.
2: <laughs> oh, he's in that. your league.
4: Okay, well yeah. Oh, and Greg Jewett rounds out the top five. Kevin hasting right outside of there, and then Charlie Flynn, my god, Charlie. What the hell, Charlie? I miss you. We we had so much interaction on Discord, and I haven't heard much from Charlie lately. Charlie, I hope you're doing well, my friend. You're a really swell guy, and I'm thinking about you right now, Charlie. So just want that to be clear. But yeah, that's the overall standings of the Plausible Podcast Invitational. The illusion has become real.
3: Has and it? The more real it becomes. Yeah, I've already heard
4: this one. Shut up, Gordon Nickel. I hate when people talk out of turn like that. It's really annoying. Anyways, uh, there's no chance for anybody to probably take this lead over.
2: That is bullshit. Because
4: it's a 574 points. And then when you go down to fifth place, Greg Jewett, he's 20. Two points behind in the overall. That's a lot of points I feel like to make up in this last month. Uh, let's see. There's me. I'm 59th. That's pathetic. So, this is one of my worst showings of the year. I got to admit that freely. And let's see. Oh, there he oh. is. Deary, 53rd.
2: Yeah. Yay! Right,
4: right there. There you I'm go, Deary. Good job, buddy. Out of what? 70. I'm so proud of you. Oh, man. Come on. I uh, should be proud of us so that we even tried it all. You know what I mean? I could have just not played. Uh, well, shout-out to everybody in the Plaza Podcast Invitational. You guys are killing it. Shout-out, Charlie. Shout-out, everybody who watches our show and gives their time and energy to Plaza at all. All right, let's talk about Glarf next. So, Glarf is what, dearie? Tell people what Glarf is.
3: Great Lakes area fantasy baseball. Glarf.
4: <laughs> oh, my God. What's wrong with you? Are you sad about it? Is that what you, Are you, like...
3: I a, is this what I you're doing here? You're... I had a lead for four fucking months, and I'm in fifth. Oh. Yeah, but that's how...
4: You know it, I mean, yeah, okay. Well, yes, you're in fifth. So here it is. Glarf has an overall, which is Earth. And some guy, I'm so sorry, the dude who I don't know your name, who does all the Earth standings and keeps it updated, shout out to him. But uh, he runs the Earth standings and posts about it on Twitter every week. So Dave McDonald has overtaken the lead. That's not a surprise, Deary. Deary, he did it last year. It's your first year. Last year, I was in first for a long time, and then Dave took over around late August, and that was the end of that. So that's what Dave does.
3: I mean, it's been really, really exciting over the last couple of weeks because, I mean, let me just list some of the people who were in first place at one point over the last couple of weeks. Sarah Sanchez was in first place at one point. I mean, she's now in eighth. Jenny Butler was. Um, Obviously, Dave. uh, Max Freeze, you know, going by Cliff Gannick on here. He was in first at one point, and now now Dave's in the lead.
4: Yeah, I'm – Right behind you, you got 98 and a half points. I've got 97. Dave's got 106. So we're definitely, we're in this. I just haven't been able to move beyond where I'm kind of at. But Deary, you should be able to. What looks like your pitching has hurt you recently.
3: Yeah, Verlander and Gonsolin went on the IL. I mean, I've had the top offense, you know, statistically throughout most of the the summer here. Uh, You and I have kind of been going back and forth in batting average between one and two. But some of these pitching stats, like my whip kind of, I went from like top six and whip, now I'm 10th uh, Era, uh, I'm at seventh now. Uh, Colt Irvin got bombed the other day, and I knew it was gonna oh, be yeah. tough. I knew it was gonna be tough for me because I, I'm in last in stolen bases, and I'm near the bottom in saves. I knew I, I kind of kicked those down the road, and it was gonna be really tough to win a championship without you know getting any type of production from both of those areas, but. Hopefully I can, you know, make a run here in the last couple weeks. And, uh, you know, I I think a top three finish would be uh, really solid for me. Uh, It'd be great if I could somehow take over Dave and take first.
4: Well, you're the team that drafted Aaron Judge. So you've benefited from Aaron Judge's season this year. So that's very cool. I think that's awesome. And it's not over, folks. This thing is never over. So just remember that. Glarf is a lot of fun. We love, I love being a part of Glarf. I'm grateful that you're in Glarf now too. It's so cool. And everybody who plays in Glarf, we represent the most competitive league i think we're still first among all the leagues in terms of the highest percentage or the most average standing we have we the have,
3: best yeah, average have. standing yeah we have been it's which is weird because i don't think we've had anyone in the top like 12 or 13 in overall but like if you look at like 12 to like 30 it was like mostly glarf teams
4: dearie if you want to feel old says chad uh, kryptonite is a 22 year old
3: <laughs> Three doors down. <laughs> yeah, ah, I do that that yeah, I used to do that five to six. I used to do.
4: I know that. I know every single lyric of that song because we used to do that in my old cover band called Five. In fact, uh,
3: here you go. Do this. There it is. Five to six, baby. Playing the Velvet Touch this weekend.
4: That's right. Major glare there. look at me playing that bass. Yeah. Look how cool I look. It's my stepsisters. That's my dad there on the left.
3: What are you so, looking at? Yeah. Looking up towards the sun. Yeah. Uh,
4: I don't know what I'm looking at there. Yeah. When, when's <laughs> the reunion that, b- tour? When is the reunion tour? That's right, man. We used to, we played Kryptonite. Here we go. Here we go. Superman. We did that. Shit. We did. We did uh, oh, by the way, Russell's popping in. Tarf. Hey, no tarf in here. Take your tarf and stuff it, Russell. We're Glarf people here. Not tarf. Texas. Fuck Texas. That's right. I said it. Russell says, I've climbed to the top 10 overall. Good for you, Russell. You should. You're a fucking man. Russell got a big tweet blow up yesterday. We didn't even mention this. That's part of the business time I forgot. Russell got a huge run on his tweet where he said, Reggie Jackson is finally proven innocent <laughs> for not killing the queen in the naked gun because the queen died yesterday. And sure. Russell got mentioned and uh, it was in an article. Somebody put the tweet in their article. It was like it blew up a bit. I thought that was funny.
3: Wait, was, who originated the tweet? Was it Russell?
4: No, okay, so Russell well, made his own tweet okay. about... He made his own tweet about Reggie Jackson finally yeah. being proven innocent, and then Reggie Jackson thats right yeah. did his own tweet after the fact, I think. Russell's tweet was related to Reggie Jackson uh, being saved by an American hero. The time that Reggie Jackson and the Queen were saved by an American hero. Lieutenant Frank Drebin, of course, the one and only, so... Uh, Russell is the man. Russell's so funny with gifts and shit. That's just his thing. He's always been good at that, and I'm glad that he got a little run. And, you know, it was a great chance for Palazzo. We should have took advantage of it more yesterday with the Queen passing. The Queen was a huge part of the Enrico Palazzo Naked Gun original, and maybe we missed an opportunity there, dearie.
3: Yeah, we, we should have done an emergency pod um, and just talked about uh, the, <laughs> the Queen and uh, Ricardo Maltabon.
4: Ludwig? That's right. Vincent Ludwig is a scumbag, man. He was a businessman. He liked East German men, and uh, he was living a lot of lies. Just be honest about who you were, Ludwig. That's what you got to do. Just be honest. Keep it real. So, anyways, the queen, may she rest in power. I don't know if that matters to uh, some people. Certainly not a big deal here on this show. But.
1: Why should I tell you? Maybe this will
4: help. I still don't think I should tell you.
1: Can you spot me at 20? How about now? All right. I'm going down to Ludwig's office. I'll find out if you're telling the truth.
4: There he is. The one and only, the American hero, Frank Drebin. Believe it. It makes me think of that song right away. Remember when I used to include that when we did the Sharp Idiots? Believe it or not, I'm walking on air. I'm going to yeah. be so free. I can't remember what segment that was. Uh, like Heroes of the Week. We used to, it was a Big Ten show, a college football show. And yeah, I it was
3: like the, this... the, the Hero of the Week or something.
4: Yeah, who knows? I had a lot of bits back then. I feel like I've gotten lazier since we've been doing this more. I'm not as creative. Where's all the creativity on this show, Govier? What the fuck? Come on. Shout out to the old show and it's more creative roots. Let's right. do
3: a reunion show. Jump <laughs> the reunion show.
4: I would love to do that. I mean, I love college football. I'm I'm talking My college football plays over on FTN. I'm just saying. You're and things will things will change. I'm I'm 11 and four against the spread in the after the first week. that's for real it's it's all tracked on the FTN bets tracker which is one of their best features because you have to put in every bet and then you have to grade it so all the subs can see what you've been doing. You can't hide it, you can't bullshit your way around anything. your record is what it is and I I'm grateful for that because I love that transparency.
3: It's really difficult in college. First week, you got like 60 transfer starting quarterbacks in FBS this year. It's, it's really, really difficult to bet against the spread in college. So uh, excellent job by you.
4: Hey, well, it's also there's a lot of teams that can blow out a lot of teams in college. So you just got that's the other thing. So you just got to look at those and be like, oh, this team sucks. Like Tennessee Ball State, that's a murder. Even Michigan, Colorado State, that was a murder. You knew that would happen. So yeah, just a little bit more of that. Uh, all right, uh, a couple injuries of note. I'm supposed to play the bye-bye-bye song, but we might get in trouble, so I'm not going to do that. Sorry, guys. YouTube gets pissed. Buzz kill. Thanks a lot, YouTube. I'm live on your airwaves, and I'm calling you a buzz kill. <laughs> that's right. Uh, but Starly Marte's got a displaced fracture in his ring finger? One of his fingers. He did try to play through it. I think that's a mistake. Usually, These guys try to play through injuries like this. We're talking batting with a major league bat and major league pitching. Do you the success rate
3: for Starling Marte with this injury, it's got to be pretty low, doesn't it? I feel like you can only make it worse until you're at least like 90, 95%. I mean, I, I understand the Mets are in a race right now to try to win that division, which is really important for a buy. But, I mean, obviously they're making the playoffs, and you're going to need a healthy Starling Marte. So, he's on your fantasy team. I don't, I don't know if you're going to be starting him over the next couple of weeks.
4: Yeah, I'm with you. And then Max Scherzer, you know, this is the thing when you're a great pitcher, but you're old like him and Verlander. These injuries will crop up a little bit more. And he had a side injury that kept him out for a while earlier this year. And now Scherzer is on the shelf again. I doubt we're going to see him for your regular season. And he's not going to be useful. Like, I, don't think, I don't see how he can come back here and be anything other than maybe one start at the end of the last week of the regular season, right?
3: Yeah, and show Walter was even talking about it. He's like, it's something minor, but we're being extremely cautious about it because we're trying to win a championship. They don't care about our fantasy teams, unfortunately. And when you're an older guy like Scherzer, and you also mentioned Verlander, when you get older like that, those super small injuries can turn into much bigger injuries or it just takes a lot longer to get over them and recover. So I don't think Scherzer is going to be helping you out here in the next few weeks as well. Yep, there's injuries everywhere, guys. You got to be prepared for them.
4: a.m. right now and i'm staying up too late i'm freaking soda i gotta pee i've had way too much food but i'm young so i don't really think like that because i'm young so you can just eat all you want and those are the days <laughs> oh my god i'll end this <laughs> i've never heard her go on this long before <laughs> stop it thank you okay good that's fucking right. anxiety
3: man <laughs> Jeez.
4: it was always oh, a buzzkill when Randall. you're playing with the philadelphia eagles or randall cunningham or excuse me Eagles quarterback gets injured because he didn't have an agreement with the NFLPA. That always sucked. That was a Here comes joke. the meat wagon. Or Barry Sanders. If you're playing the Lions on SEC 12 Super Bowl and Barry Sanders gets hurt, you're fucked. You're totally you're fucked. Yeah. All right. Uh, Chad says, guys, what do I do with a wheelbarrow full of money? Burn uh, prob- Yeah, let it on. do what the Joker did. Burn it. Yep. I took the under last night for the big game, but juiced it down to 45 points at a thousand to one. Suffice to say, Alan Robinson is my incompetent spirit animal right now. Well, good for you, man. That sounds like a big win. A thousand to one. Right?
3: Football? We're talking football? No, football? it doesn't matter. It's the thousand to one. You know how That's odds huge. work. It could
4: be f- That's you. Yeah. Congratulations, Chad. That's fantastic, man. Wow. Impressive. By the way, uh Chad has approached me about doing some, expanding like a Palazzo network where like he could do some stuff and uh, Jamie who does his own football show we might be doing something with that so stay tuned oh, wow. on that yeah but why not let right. other people if a Palazzo banner makes people want to do stuff let's make it happen all right let's get into Mono Imano head to head so the head to head playoffs are here we're going down right now my head to head playoff in my home league it's a five by five head to head cats with OBP instead of average okay and right now it's Friday. on a Friday, September 9th, and I am currently winning 7 2. But the weekend is where things can change, Deary. Are you still in your or any head to head playoffs right now? What's going on?
3: Yeah, I sure am. Uh, the old future league that used to be in Mike, I uh, oh, yeah, so real wild season. So going into the final week, we had basically six teams vying for four for three spots. Um, and unfortunately. Two teams decided to just completely check out and fuck some other people over by not hitting their minimums innings pitched. So our good friend oh, Dave Petrucci went from 8th place all the way up to 4th place by winning 12 to nothing. This is a 6 by 6. Oh, my God! And, uh, yeah, so uh, there, there might be some changes, but a huge mistake. mistake. Uh, a, a couple people that you know um, and know well will probably be getting the pink slip here in the next few weeks. Uh, Confound your lousy toll troll. Luckily, I made the playoffs. I ended up with the sixth seed. Um, All right. I, I, good. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I tied for fifth um, and only like a half game out of fourth. But it was actually more about like, who am I going to have in the matchup? So I'm, I am matched up against our good friend Steve Guile. He's the three seed. Um, he's up 7-5 right now. But boy, oh boy, it's close. Uh, I got him by about 20 points in average. We got OPS. We're only 20 points away in OPS. A lot of this is going to come down to pitching right now. Um, I got saves kind of locked up. He's got holds locked up. K per nine is really close. Quality starts is really close. It's going to come down to some matchups here, uh, coming up, uh, tonight specifically. Uh, amazingly enough, we have two absolute rat pitchers. I mean, this one guy's pitched a little better, but he's been absolute shit since he got to New York and that's uh, Frankie Montas. He's got Frankie Montas going tonight. Um, I don't know about that, man. Frankie's been struggling. Yeah, I picked up Lucas Giolito. Now, I'm right now at this point not thinking about pitching Giolito against the A's, but if certain things go differently with Montas, I can possibly pitch Giolito, hoping for possibly a quality start, or if, you know, his ERA blows up a bunch and I take over ERA, I may not have to start Giolito. So this is going to be a 940, like, decision on whether or not I'm going to start him. I'm going to be able to watch Frankie Montas pitch you know, for two hours before I will have to make any type of decision on that. Obviously, uh, you know, bullpen, a lot of it comes down to bullpen because we play caper nines, we play saves and we, we play, we play holds. So this could go either way. Uh, if we end up tied, it sucks because he is the higher seed, so he will advance, even though I did beat him both matchups we played during the season. So it would be really suck to go out in the quarterfinals. Uh, I think I have a really, really strong team set up for the future. I am like, I think I probably have the 12 best keepers going into next year because I have some really good young talent on the team. So so we'll see. I mean, once 7 o'clock hits, it's going to be a feature viewing up on the, the main TV upstairs.
4: Genius, genius, genius! I'm actually facing Montas, so I want him to do poorly, and I'm hoping that he does poorly. I did the... Yeah, I want him to do poorly. I did the FTN Fantasy Baseball podcast yesterday. I guest-hosted for Vlad Sedler and Matty Wood, Matty Davis. Shout-out to my FTM brothers. And I had Chris Welsh on. So me and Welsh talked about head-to-head strategy and all of this stuff that we're talking about right now. Like what do you do when it comes to schedule versus talent? How much do you weight the player versus the schedule? You know, people love to look at, oh dude, that schedule is so killer. I gotta get a player from that team. I don't care who it is. Like next week, the Reds have nine games next week, dear. Nine. So that's a huge volume bonus. But in head to head, you you want you have some counting stats, but you also have ratio stats, you know, batting average, OBP. There's also the pitching stats of ERA and WIP. So you want to be careful that volume isn't always king in head to head. And it's important to note that. You just don't want to have a day like a Thursday, this Thursday yesterday. Oh my god. Yeah, it was late.
3: Yeah, I I was freaking out. Guile had a possibility of having six players play, and I only had the possibility of three players play. Mm. Three of his guys didn't play. They sat. I luckily enough had two spots that I could I could drop drop two guys. They've kind of been my streaming uh you know positions all week. I picked up Yastremsky and Voigt. Yastremsky was in a doubleheader and he ended up getting three hit or two hits in the double or three hits in the doubleheader. And then I picked up Voigt so he got two hits. So it was actually I picked up five hits. It worked both those guys are off my team immediately because I, I missed the out of the more spots but you know luckily I was able to stay you know within striking distance in those categories because Know as soon as I started looking into the playoffs, you know, last week, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. There's only a couple games on Thursday, and I don't have any of these guys on my roster. So, and it it was the wait, it was the waiting game because I had Colton Wong, but Wong didn't play in the doubleheader. He's got a a knee situation, and I was like, okay, I gotta wait till they announce the lineup. And you don't want to make a if, if you're in daily moves here. You don't want to like pick somebody up the day before if you don't know if he's going to start. So you got to wait until they actually announce the lineups because you just don't want to pick up a guy and then all of a sudden he doesn't play. But our daily moves are for tomorrow, so we can't. We have to. I can't do that. Take a risk. Yeah, yeah we do it's yeah, we daily do
4: moves, that's but it's not day. the day of. Yeah, so you got to do it the I'd, day before. That's that's, that's stressful. Why I, yeah, I've exactly. I, that's why I changed that in that league a long time ago. I wanted to do that. That's too important. It sounds very stressful what you're going through there, and the odds were against you. About a nine on the tension scale, Rube. I also felt that adding a guy yesterday who was playing in the doubleheader with the Giants and the Brewers was a benefit. So I picked up Tyro Estrada to get two games out of him, but he ended up going like one for seven, and he killed my OVP. So that was a mistake. Now I only have one move left because you only get two. That's right, Utah. You only get two moves Utah. in the playoff weeks. Give me two. That's it. So you gotta those two moves are precious. So I've wasted one on Tyro Estrada. That's gone. Now I have one left. So if this the decision tonight Deary, for me is Nick Ladolo at the Brewers. Now Nick Ladolo last start was fire, 9 Ks, total dominance. Uh even in the starts where he's been a little rusty or not ideal, he's still striking out a lot of guys. But the context is king here. My matchup situation dictates that I'm up in strikeouts. We do strikeout totals counting. So I have 51 to his 39 as we head into Friday. And I only got Lodolo tonight. He's got a couple pitchers going. Montas is one I already mentioned to you. And then Carlos Rodan. So that's a big strikeout mm. potential there. And then we're... T- so I'm plus 12. He's got two starters. I got one. But the other part of this is the ERA and ratios. So the ERA and whip, I'm ahead. I don't want to blow those up and lose those because right now I got... The ERA and WHIP are pretty much locked. I got a 265 and a 107 ERA and WHIP. He's at 482 and 147. So, okay. So I might end up having to lose K's, but maybe I can sacrifice K's because I want to lock in ERA and WHIP, and I've got runs and RBIs and OBP pretty much locked up. So that's one, two, three, four, five categories locked. That's the question. I need one more category. So.
3: What time is uh, the Reds game tonight? Is it a later uh, game? I don't, I don't know. yeah. I, I think it's oh, eight o'clock because it's, it's in Milwaukee. Eight o'clock game. Yeah. So that that mo- Montas start, that will start at seven.
4: Oh, look at this. Carlos Rodon's already pitched one inning and he's down two nothing. Uh oh. Unbelievable. Four. Oh, shit. Yeah. That game already started. So that means that he's already added. I'm still up 51 39, and Rodon has already struck out two, but he's already given up two runs in the first inning. So.
3: That's good it's news. it's funny. It's similar to my matchup that it is going to come down to what Frankie Montas does. Now, Frankie Montas's last start, amazingly enough, was against the Rays, and he actually went five scoreless. His five starts before that, he gave up twenty runs, and he was really really poor. Right. So, even if
4: this guy overtakes K's, he's got a couple more starts coming up this weekend. I won't lose those two ratios, and wins are tied at two. So that's the other thing: wins are tied.
3: Mm.
4: K's are close. Saves I'm gonna lose. I'm down saves to two or three to nothing. It doesn't seem like I'm gonna make up ground. Suddenly Edwin Diaz is no longer the closer in New York. I don't he's had a killer season, but no saves in like the last ten days. Total oh, buzzkill. So uh Chad says I'm up nine to eight, sixth and final seed on the line versus seventh place with a half game lead to start the oh, week. Wow, that's amazing. Wow, that is intense, dude. I'm Damn! currently winning a whip tiebreaker at the moment, so I'm terrified. Yep. Again. More tension, a lot of tension today. The tension scale is rising. A nine on the tension scale, Rob. Jan says I wouldn't be in question if the guy offered three better prospects for Sal Frelick. Ex- accepted my since my opponent wanted Freelick for Bone. Okay, well, that has nothing to do with that.
3: <laughs> this is why I love head-to-head so much because these final weeks when you're in the playoffs or just trying to get into the playoffs is st- is so so stressful with the, you know the matchups of what you're going to do specifically with your pitchers. You know you got ratios that you're dealing with. Uh, you know. Are you the type of guy that just hey, I want to pitch everybody because I want to see what happens, or or do you try to play conservative? <laughs> it's 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 it's, it's kind of like betting on over over unders in football. Like, do you want to see yeah. a crazy offense, or are you you gonna root for a boring game?
4: Yep, that's a good comp. You're always trying to spin it and hope it gets to the way you want it to be, but sometimes it's out of your hands. <laughs> spin it. Josh Young's batting seventh and starting a third base in his MLB debut tonight for the Rangers. There you go. That's bad news for Ezekiel Duran, by the way, who hasn't been playing that great anywho, so whatever. I love Duran, but this year, I think he's pretty much toast for the rest of this season. But Josh Young, whose brother was drafted by the Tigers in the MLB draft, Jace Young. Go Tigers. Josh Young's got a lot of hype, Deary. Are you a fan? Are you interested in Josh Young?
3: I was a fan when we did the Glarf draft because I drafted him. Like, <laughs> what? Wow. Four days okay, well there, that says it all, leaving... right? Well, yeah, I, I I forgot that he was injured and I was uh, kind of half in the bag when I made that pick. Uh, so, <laughs> um, yeah, hey, <laughs> well, that you know, says it all. He's had uh, you know about 100 plate appearances at AAA. I mean that that walk rate has not looked good at all, but it should be closer to, to eight or nine percent over a full you know season at major league. You know, above above average bat and you know he has some decent power. So. If somebody could provide some offense for you here over the, the stretch run.
4: The last thing I'll say about head-to-head is make sure that you're when you're waiting the schedule versus the player. Like uh, uh, Deep Fried butt Buttlevens—that's his name. Actually, I know his real name, but I don't want to give away his name because he hasn't given it away. But uh, he said, "Hey, I'm thinking about picking up Spencer Torkelson for next week. What do you think, Govea?" And I was like, eh, "I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure about that." You know, the the Tigers have the Royals in Houston next week, six games. And the other thing is, those other teams I mentioned, the Reds have nine games. The Marlins have at least eight games because they've got a doubleheader against the Rangers on Monday Mm -hmm. where they play the rest of their slate. So, also, the Coors field situation. Coors is always going to be attractive.
2: Coors. Right?
4: Because of the power possibilities and the offensive capabilities. And there's three games at Coors next week. And a guy like Mike Talia, who's been called up and hit a home run the other day. The youngster who was a first round pick in twenty nineteen might be a better play than Spencer Torkelson, dearie. So you gotta think about you don't you, you can't bet on hope of a prospect this late in the year either. <laughs> you really wanna see a guy who's I know Torkelson hit a home run, so it's like, oh
0: yeah, woohoo, yep, wow. but
4: I don't know. I just would I would look elsewhere.
3: I, I think we we know what Torkelson is at this point in the season. We're kicking it to next year and hopefully he can make some adjustments in the offseason.
4: Kick it! All right, folks. Sometimes you make a huge mistake. I've made a huge mistake. And that's what we're going to talk about here. Mistakes we've made this year and why and how we can rectify them. So when you make a huge mistake...
5: I've made a huge mistake.
4: you got to be honest about it. And here on the Palazzo Podcast, two L's, two Z's... Utah! Give me two. Which you guys can follow us on Twitter. He's at cdeary1999. And I'm at Govier. G-O-V is in Victor I-A-R. Make sure you consider honestly what you've done and why you've done it i'm going to be really honest here dearie. okay it's i don't want to hide anything from anybody i want to be matter of fact so that i can get better and hopefully people can learn from my mistakes as well and one of the first things i'll say is there was a lack of strikeouts on a lot of my roto teams in particular okay it seems like every, every time i go through my roto standings on all my nfc teams man they're bogus The K rates are low. I'm down in the Ks. I'm down in Ks. And I seem to be down in wins. Wins and Ks seem to be a universal problem for me. And that has to be because of the way I drafted and the patterns and the players that I thought I liked that didn't come to fruition. And also injuries could play a slight role with that. But I'm not going to blame injuries because it just was too consistent of really a trend. So I... I got to work on making sure I'm identifying strikeout pitchers and maybe I get a little too connected to the low ratio guys like a Marco Gonzalez. Like I'm not Mm -hmm. I'm not drafting Marco Gonzalez anymore. Okay, I got to go for guys with more risk and K upside like a JT Brubaker, Uh, somebody who's going to strike out more, but also might give up a little bit higher ratios. But then I'll balance it out with another guy who's not Marco Gonzalez, but there's somewhere between that. You know what I mean?
3: Well, it's, yeah, it's that balance of rotisserie that, uh, you know, that when you're doing your research, there's so many names that are just going to jump out at you when you are like, you know, figure out where you're drafting at and you're trying to construct a team. But you're, you're trying to construct a whole team here. You can't just be like, okay, I'm I'm, I'm digging for all the home runs this year, which is kind of what I did in, in a lot of my Roto Leagues. And, you know, I'm not going to win any of my Roto Leagues because I just didn't construct a solid enough team. And that's on me because, you know, I see that somebody drops and I'm like, oh, you know, this player, I want this player so badly on my team. It's just going to boost my home runs up more, my average up more. But sometimes the smarter pick might be like, hey, I can get a guy right here that's going to steal 25, 30 bases. And then I don't have to worry about, you know, getting a ton more stolen bases out of my other guys. If I can get a third of the stolen bases I need from one guy. Um, So it's, it's really interesting. It's funny. You were talking about K's and wins in Glarf specifically. I have the most wins in the league, but I'm like, bottom third in strikeouts. So I, I feel like a lot of my pitchers just came from really good teams. And that's true. I had Tony Gonsolin and Verlander. That's 30 wins between the two of them. Yep.
4: Yeah. I'm a ninth in K's and Glarf as well. So I feel that I really do. I mean, I just, I look through all these NFFC teams, NFBC, sorry. NFFC is football. NFBC is baseball. And since I'm doing both now, I start to confuse the two. First time in my life I've had this crisis. I know it's a serious crisis, I'm hoping to do something about it soon. Stunning, stunning, stunning. But look at this real quick. Because the proof's of the pudding. Case, 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 case. In my main event? Yeah, I'm in 11th in my main event. This thing's brutal, by the way. Look at the name. Scott Jenstad. Uh, Brent Franey is Zimmerman and Tanner Bell, who write the book, The Process, which is very popular. Ray Diaz is a former champ. Dave Potts as well. Paul Spoor. Emmett Rulin was runner-up overall, I think, last year. Second overall in the whole thing. Uh, This thing's loaded. Dalton Don, Justin Mason. Man, it's tough. So I'm eighth in case. There I am down there. And if we take a look at another league, I bet I'm lower in case as well. Plaza Podcast Invitational. Yep. Oh, I'm actually fifth in case. So that ruins my argument. Sorry. My bad. Really was hoping. Oh, Rad Slam is trash. I can't even... Ratslamp team was terrible. They kicked me out a while ago. There we go. TGFBI, I'm second. I'm in second place. 39th overall. That's pretty good. But 12th and Ks. If I had gotten up to where like Aaron Pags is there, one like another 100 Ks would have been a huge boost for me. You know what I mean? And it's these yeah. lack of Ks that is could pretty much consistent. Here we go. Again, second to last. And this is a team that I'm fifth in. This is in the Battle of the Podcast uh, in my league. Dude, how's your battle of the podcast league doing, by the way?
3: What's that? The Battle of the podcast? Oh, shit. Where? I, I have not been good in there. <laughs> I have been good. Where am I at? Oh,
4: okay. Yeah, so uh, in this well, one, I, I, I'm, I'm I fifth. Well,
3: I'm, I did well in Raz Slam this year, though. I made the first two cut lines. Nice, dude. That's awesome. But yeah. you see
4: my point here. So I'm second to last in K's. So I've just shown you the trends of the K's that have really hurt me, and it bums me out. And I just wish that I had noticed it. I didn't see this trend during the drafting season. Second to last in K's again in my ugh, midnight madness, Mike, the mouth 12 team OC. So there you go, guys. Why am I not having enough K's and why I'm going to investigate this all off season and make sure I change it. Dear, you got anything you you bummed out about or you wish you would have done differently or you're realizing that, you know, frankly, now as you look at it, it's a huge mistake. i made a huge mistake.
3: Yeah. I wish I didn't draft Lucas Giolito and Jose Barrios in almost all of my leagues. It 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 just <laughs> any any team that I don't have them on, I'm doing well. Any team that I drafted those guys, like just completely fucked me. I mean, both those guys ERA's north of five. Uh somehow they both have 10 wins because they're on decent teams. Uh Barrios leads the league in home runs given up. He's given up 28 home runs. Both those guys just completely fucked me. Um, you know, I in a lot of my head to head leagues, I, I I, I went after the Jordan Romanos and the Liam Hendricks of the world. So that helped me out, but I just didn't stack together a, a quality enough team. I mean, Gleyber Torres, I thought he'd have a bounce back and, and there was about a good month and a half that he looked really good. And then he just kind of fell off and didn't really do anything. Uh, a lot of these teams were, you know, the counting stat of, of walks. Um, I don't have anyone on any of my teams over like 60 walks. Well, let's see Matt Olson, 66 walks, um, you know, and power, power was there with a lot of my teams, but I sacrificed to average. I mean, I got a lot of my teams where my, my average overall is like 235, 240, which is just not going to cut it. And, uh, it, it, it's tough. I mean, you know, I, I hit on some guys that I thought were going to have good years, you know, guys like, you know, Anthony Santander, I, I thought he would have a quality year and, and he has. Um, but you know, there's guys like Wander Franco. He's just been out, which he's actually going to be back tonight. But you know, I, I, I took a flyer on him in like the fifth round and he's been injured almost the whole season. Uh, so that injury bug is going to hit a lot of people, but, uh, you know, even a guy like Brandon Nimmo, like he's had a quality season, but God, I wish he, like, I could get a little bit more out of him. Like he's going to get to over hundred walks, two sixty-five average, but like if Brandon Nimmo could put out, you know, hit 25 home runs and have 65 RBIs, like he ends up being a top 70 player instead of like outside of top 100. So there's, there's guys that could have had better seasons. um, And, you know, it's, it's, it's frustrating. Uh, A lot of my Roto leagues, like I talked about before, it was just not constructing a quality enough team overall. And uh, you know, some of these Roto leagues, you know, I'm, I'm heavily stacked with, you know, power hitters or, you know, guys that get a ton of wins, but when I'm kicking other Stats down the road, it's really, really tough to win in Roto League. So a lot of lessons learned and a lot to take into going into next year.
4: Well said, dearie. That's a fine job. Uh, One other thing I'll mention is – I got spread too thin, and I tried to get by on knowledge alone too often, and that is just not acceptable. If I want to beat the best and I want to win big money leagues, I can't just get by on my experiential knowledge and what I know about the game by trying to cram for certain sessions or certain FAB runs. You know, too many times with the FAB runs. This is a huge problem. Every week, every Sunday night, the NFBC FAB runs at 10 p.m. Eastern time, and I was there. Right up until the final moments, two hours or less, I'd play softball and I'd run home and I'd try to cram all this fab in and get it all done. It was all harried, it was all flustered, and it was just not a way to win a championship. I'm not going to win that way. I'm not going to win consistently that way. I I might win here or there because I got enough knowledge and experience to know that, all right, I, I might have a good team here or there because of that, but it's not acceptable. I'm not pleased with it. I'm... You know, I was wrong. I was totally wrong. And I've got to change my ways. If I want to do better in 2023, and if I really want to compete with the big boys, if I'm going to play in a main event, it's 1700 goddamn dollars. You know, it's nothing to sneeze at. It's very serious. And last year I got won my money back by finishing in third place. I'm like, oh, I did that. I'm sure I'll do at least as good this year. Nope. My league is brutal this year. It was much tougher and someone's got to lose. And I'm going to be one of the losers this year in that league. So now the lesson is, Mike, yeah, you know, I've always tried to skate by a lot on just hey, what I had as talent, or just like what was already innate with me. Like, all right, that's enough, you know. I, I mean, I'm I'm not like sleeping all the time. I'm just <laughs> spreading myself too thin, and I got to determine
3: what matters, what so is do you, important. Do you think specifically in your main event, it was more of just poor Fab runs or a, a draft that just didn't work out?
4: I thought I honestly think that I I didn't prepare enough for the draft. I flew out to Vegas. And I was all excited about it, but I hadn't done enough homework and research prior to going out there. I just didn't. I'm going to be honest about it. I That's how I see it. That was a mistake. And then the fab runs are how I just described them. Sunday nights in a hurried chaos. And overly overspending on certain players, that was a mistake too. I, I spent less last year and I was more reserved. And I missed out on guys like uh, Tyler O'Neill in April of 2021. I was like, oh man, he could have really changed my season. But... This year, I, I got too aggressive and I wasted money. So, got to find the balance. It's part of that. It's part of what I just told you. I I should have, even though we were doing shows and I was thinking and living baseball, We also, I got thrown off by the CBA lockout and I let it affect me too much. And it bummed me out and it made me disinterested in baseball, which is a, not <laughs> how you're going to win big money leagues. Even if that's happening, I got to be prepared. I got to be ready to rock and I can't worry about what the players and the owners were doing with the CBA. I should have been focused, locked in, and I hold myself to a higher standard than that. Or at least I thought I should.
3: I know I should now, but at the time, I guess I really didn't. I, I got a fix for next year, Mike. We didn't do enough shows leading up to the season this year.
4: Yes, I definitely we, remember that. Well, we, we, we went didn't. extreme the year before, and then like we went too extreme <laughs> this year.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah we got to find that middle ground.
4: Yep. That's a good point. Yeah, so that's how I... Those are some of the mistakes. A couple of... Uh, I've made a huge um, mistake. There's probably more, and we'll think and talk about more of them. I just want to get to one more part of the show before we hit the road here on the Palazzo Podcast. Who else? two Z's. You talk. Christopher Deary. Get Michael me too. Govier. Follow us. Our Twitter handles are right here. C.Deary1999. Deary is in Dearly the Beloved. And M.J. Govier. G.O.V. is a Victor I.E.R. Let's talk about sex baby let's talk about you and me i feel like i'm really regretting that jennifer love hewitt talk earlier like i'm gonna get in trouble somehow now I, it's really starting to set in it's on my mind a lot i i, I just want everyone to know that uh, i'm a fat asshole so i'm no way responsible for judgment people out there you look a certain way you are a certain way That's fine. But I held celebrities. I think celebrity culture is out of control, so I like to make fun of celebrities. So maybe I went a little too far with that. But, you know, I sit in judgment of no physical human being. I mean, look at me. Come on. Look at this. Beautiful. Look at me. End of story. Just see me and know that I don't think I'm better than anybody else. I don't think I'm better than Jennifer Love Hewitt, although I still think she's a poor actress. And, you know, maybe I went a little too far with the breast talk. That's. I'll leave it there. All right. It's time. One time only. One night only at the Apollo. Remember that? Did you watch that on HBO? They used to have the one night in Apollo. It seemed like in the 90s there was this big rise in more mainstream comedy from the African-American culture with one night at the Apollo was a show that I saw all the time in the 90s. And Def Jam. You remember Def Jam comedy? That was, that was a huge deal in the 90s. I used to watch it on HBO up late all the time. And it exposed me to a whole bunch of people I never knew about before.
3: Yeah, followed by Taxicab Confessions.
4: <laughs> yeah you know that's the kind of show oh boy see why do you bring up these <laughs> I things that like that up? <laughs> uh, it's the kind of show when you're a teenager you're like oh man in the 90s you know you kids now you're all looking at porn like it's nothing Pornhub is mainstream it really is but back in the 90s late 90s you know taxicab confessions was all we had folks I'm just going to say that. Even it wasn't that great, you'd be all excited, like, oh, man, this is an after-hour, like, real sex. Sometimes on that, that yeah, show, real all, sex yeah. would, <laughs> they would have, like, the most bizarre, weird shit that was not a turn-on at all. I was like, oh, well, this is, I'm young. I don't know everything, but I feel like uh, I'm not into this. So, yeah. Anyways, it's time for one, night only, Insane Fantasy Takes.
0: Insane Fantasy Takes.
4: All right, so Insane Fantasy Takes Used to be a key part of the show last year. It's so good to hear that once more. Uh, I just got like one or two real quick, and it's not even that insane, really. I think <laughs> next year, Randy Rosarina is going to have a 30-30 season. The okay. only reason I say that is because he's close to 30 steals now. He's got 27 steals, and he just hasn't had the power stroke. I think a slight adjustment with his swing, less ground balls, a little bit more loft, And in 2023, I think 30-30 is very doable for him. I like it. Yeah. What about you? You got anything for next year? Insane fantasy take of anything?
3: I got a a few. Uh, I've really been digging on O'Neill Cruz, just with how hard he hits the fucking ball. He hasn't been striking out as much lately. Um, I think O'Neal Cruz hits 35 home runs next year. I think he's only going to bat maybe 225, 230. But anytime he puts a stick on that ball, Anytime he puts the stick on the ball, it's going in the damn Allegheny River over there in Pittsburgh. So, uh, yeah, I think he goes 35, and I think he even swipes 15 to 20 bases next year. Possible 35-20 guy. He could be a top 40 pick next year. I like O'Neill Cruz.
4: Wow.
0: Insane fantasy takes.
4: That's impressive. Okay. Uh, I'll give you one more here. Uh, Next year, I, I think universally Shohei Otani will be the number one. He should be the number one overall pick. Everyone think,
5: loves Shohei.
4: Yeah, absolutely. He should be the guy. But next year in 2023, Trevor Rogers will be a top 15 starting pitcher. Ooh. Insane fantasy takes. Lock it in, folks. It just didn't go right this year. Uh, there was moments and flashes, but it was consistently getting hit and giving up walks. And then he went on the IL, and he since he's come back, he is returned to the form we all expected of him. He is a stud. I seriously think that change-up, and yes, some call him a two-pitch pitcher, and like, uh-oh, he doesn't quite have three pitches. That's always a red flag. I get that, but I think he's going to come back in 2023, and he's going to be lights out. And the guys and the numbers we saw in 2021 will be much closer to that, which makes him a top 15 pitcher, a starting pitcher.
3: So he's going to have a Dylan Cease year next year then?
4: Well, hopefully with less walks. So Cease's walks are a little unnerving uh, for me, but yeah, I, I guess I guess you could say that. I just think the FIP. I think the FIP and the ERA. Like Cease's ERA is two one three, but his FIP is three hundred two. So there's a little bit of a gap there. Three hundred two ERA is still pretty damn good. I'm just saying that I think Rogers' FIP and ERA would be much closer together, like they were in 2021. So I think it might even outperform Cease this year. I, I I'm going to say that. I'm throwing it down. Love it.
3: Give me one more. Uh Logan Gilbert's gonna be a top five starting pitcher next year. Top i five. Agree. Top five starting pitcher. He's 12 and five this year. I think he has the possibility to be a 20-game winner in this league. 3.23 ERA. Uh his last couple starts. I mean, this guy has electric stuff. He, you know, as long as he can locate well, which is his walks per nine have been pretty good. And I think these K's are gonna get closer to 10. 11 next year with that fastball that he's got. And I think he's going to be a top five starting pitcher next year. So I got Logan Gilbert locking in next year. Hell yeah. I love that.
4: Insane fantasy takes. Why you taking
0: that <laughs> insane
4: fantasy takes. <laughs> All right. Well, that's pretty much going to do it for today's episode Why you that of the Palazzo podcast. Insane a show we haven't done you together. Player, you must be insane. Shut up. In a long time. We've not done this show together. It's great to be back on the airwaves. Me and Christopher Deary, we love doing the Palazzo Podcast. We're always going to keep doing it. No matter what's going on in our lives, we'll make time for it. And we'll probably, let's see, I mean, uh, you know, we got a couple more weeks here. Head to Heads will be wrapping up, and then Roto probably got a couple more shows before the season goes silent, and we maybe take a break, but just know that the show is fun. It's always going to be fun. and Hopefully informative. We want you to win money, too. That's the key. We want you to win your leagues and win money. If we're not meeting that need, then let us know. Let us know if
3: there's a need that we are not meeting. Right, Deary? I agree. Yeah, we'll do anything for you. But, yeah, hop in our Discord because uh, it's going to be rocking all off season. We'll do anything for you.
4: Oh, yeah, we'll yeah. do anything.
3: You want me to come to your house? More wow. I'm in, dude. dude.
4: Hey, all right. Deary's back massages are still available. He's making appointments now. Whatever happened to that guy? I miss that guy. I think it was Ryan. I haven't seen him in a long time. That's all around the show's been around. We got, like, old bits that no longer exist. Yeah, so. he
3: lives in my basement now.
4: Hey! All right! That's wonderful. Don't forget to follow Deary. See Deary1999. MJ Govier. Lots of podcasts. Two L's. Two Give me Deary two. to the Discord. Patreon's there if you want it. We're going to be doing football. I'll be doing football anyways. Uh, I'm not sure in what capacity or how. Uh, Check out the FTN stuff I'm doing. You can find all this by just following me on Twitter. It all starts there. The game day videos I've been doing on TikTok are cool. If you guys mind checking those out, follow The Game Day or The Game Day NFL on Twitter. I got Lions videos I did with fans from them. And, of course, the Michigan game last weekend against Colorado State. uh, I met uh, Rob Sweat's daughter. That was mind-blowing. She was on one of the videos. It was like, oh, yeah, Rob Sweat's my dad. I'm like, what? Holy shit. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, I was like, my mind was blown. I'm like, I'm fucking old. That, That was a rare, I actually felt old as Rob Sweat was a linebacker for the Wolverines back in, like, 96. So, woo! Wow. Anyways, it's a pleasure. Love doing the show. For C. Deary, I'm Michael Gauvier. We now turn it over to the one and only, the man himself, the official podcast of this man, the Palazzo podcast, Russell Crowe.
5: Right, lads.
1: Now, I know there's not a faint heart among you, and I know you're as anxious as I am to get into close action. But we must bring him right up beside us before we spring this trap will test our nerve and discipline will count just as much as courage the Acheron is a tough nut to crack more than twice our guns more than twice our numbers and they will sell their lives dearly they mean to take us as a prize <laughs> and we are worth more to them undamaged their greed will be their downfall England is under threat of invasion and though we be on the far side of the world, this ship is our home. This ship is England. So it's every hand to his rope or gun, quicks the word and sharps the action. After all, surprise is on our side.
5: <laughs> Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient.